for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to another episode of the Season 23, powered by the Fall Podcast. This is your co-host, Dave Riley. First off, I want to thank our sponsors for supporting everything we do over here. Latitude Outdoors, Helix Broadheads, Garmin, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Prime Archery, Buck Bourbon, and America's Best Bowstrings. We pretty much have discount codes for all of our partners here. All you need to do is go over to most any of our show notes and you can find them there at the bottom. So let's break down today's hunt. On the last episode, I talked about hunting on October 2nd. Well, I had some family issues come up that I needed to take care of and family's always priority number one. So I went ahead, I took the night off of hunting and did what I needed to do. So with October 3rd being the next evening that I could probably hunt, I looked at the conditions and it was basically the exact same conditions that I had October 1 and October 2. So my the play that I planned on you know having for October 2nd, I basically just moved that forward to October 3rd tonight. We had south winds again, but a little bit more wind speed than what I had October 1st. Instead of that two mile an hour wind speed, you know, it was probably six and maybe even blowing up towards, you know, eight to nine miles an hour. There's a couple times tonight I was looking at the top of uh, this oak tree and I could see that it was it was moving decently, but in the lower, lower, you know, closer to the ground you got, it just wasn't blowing that much. But it did feel like there's a little bit more wind than October 1st. But it was awesome. It, it was a few degrees warmer, actually. It was like, man, when I left made the drive out there the truck read like like 88 degrees you know and it i think it was probably from the truck sitting in the sun but it it for sure was in the low 80s and with that south wind i just kind of approached it like i did opening night but i pushed in a little bit farther to the next swamp edge and and what i started seeing was 
the sign just continued that I found on October 1st. But what as the night went on, once I found where I wanted to set up, I started like second guess how old the sign might have been. Because the one thing about early October and especially, you know, end of September into early October is that sign I think has to be 24 to 72 hours old. Anything after that, like they've kind of already moved on. But the one, the one positive thing that I found, you know, as I was making my way in there was I, I found a scrape that had been freshly open and there was, there was a good, there was a good pile of, you know, you know, basically piss in it. And I would say by looking at it with how hot it was all day today and the soil conditions that that scrape was in, I, if I was a betting man, I'd say in the, the last 10 to 20 hours that, you know, some kind of deer had worked that scrape over and pissed in it. And I tell you what, that licking branch that was above it was really tall and it was broke. They had it snapped right up and it kind of, you know, it kind of excited me because of the height of it. Like when I was standing there, I told myself, I think I even said it on camera that whatever deer broke that licking branch has to be a pretty mature deer just for the height of it itself. Unless it stood up and it could have broke it, that could be too, but you know, for the most part, my hunt was awfully slow tonight. You know, really, really slow. I didn't. The very, the very first movement I seen was probably around six thirty to six forty, and sunsets about seven sixteen tonight, seven fifteen somewhere in there. And it was a one lone doe, and she took her time forever making her way out of this swamp. I mean, I, I it was just like. She, she had all the time in the world. She had nowhere to be, just, you know, just taking her sweet-ass time the whole way there. And after her, like, I watched her a long time, and that was pretty much it. And I talked to AB. He asked how the movement was, and I was like, not good, you know, just one lone doe. And, you know, I, I it's, it's always good to, you know, have buddies that always, you know, text encouragement. My, my buddy, um, Buckmaster, he's really good at that, too. Well... AB says, well, just wait, he's coming, you know, and, and you know, after I, I read that, put the phone back in my pocket, and I was kind of looking up towards the swamp again, and all of a sudden, I, I caught movement, and I could see two deer coming, and I could tell the one, I could see his antlers, and he was just a little, you know, buddy, year and a half old, six point, but then I could see there was another deer with it, I said, like, oh, let's see what this is, well, unfortunately, it had to be, I, I, I'm not kidding you. I think this is the the world's smallest buck. Like if you put a buck tag on this deer, if you shot it and put a buck tag on it and you took it into like a DNR check station, I think they'd write you a ticket for using a buck tag on it because I, I don't think both of its sides, it was obviously a spike, but I don't even think they were maybe an inch long. And this wasn't an adult deer. Like it, it, body size is equivalent to the six point, but I... <laughs> It was it was the smallest buck I've ever seen. But <clears throat> when I as I was watching them and they came out of that swamp and did exactly what I was hoping a deer would do. I mean they came in there about eight nine yards and just no clue in the world I was there. The tree I picked tonight was about three sticks high, but the cover up there was it was just you know you know sometimes when you pick a tree out and you're like man if I could just have this tree and this cover everywhere I hunt life would be good that that was this kind of tree tonight 
and even though they were close, I kept kind of watching off to where I seen that doe go, where she was headed out to the destination food source. And there was one little hole. No, I'm sorry, not one. There's two. There's two holes in the leaf cover that I could kind of see a long distance from where I was at to the north. And it actually caught my attention as the sun was going down, just kind of how cool it looked. So I, I snagged a picture of it on my phone. That was the ironic thing. Because as I had these two bucks here and, you know, I'm, I'm filming them even on the, the camera screen. Like, it's it's getting dark. Like, I, I can see the white patches on their neck. But outside of that, like, it's pretty tough to see. When I look up, looked out there to the north, I could see a lone buck just happened to be teed up perfectly in this opening. And he was a good distance away. And without binoculars, I could tell that this was a shooter. No doubt. Now, I do not believe it was the buck that I'm after in there named Chuck. I actually believe that this buck is probably a little bit bigger than Chuck. I I freaking ripped the, the, ripped the camera off the camera arm, flipped around in the saddle, and tried to freehand it the best I can. Now, I haven't got a chance to put it on the big screen yet and look at it to be able to tell who it is. Because I'm down here, as soon as I get get done hunting, I come right in and try to record these for you guys. So it's like as real as possible. Now, you know, tonight I sat and debated about, you know, am I going to hunt tomorrow night or am I not going to hunt? What's the play? Well, seeing that buck tonight probably tells me what I need to be doing. There, There's a play to be had. And I think that that buck somehow come out of the swamp. I'm, I'm guessing it's one or two swamps. He got came out of there, and I never seen him exit. So I pretty much haven't narrowed down to you know plan A or plan B how to get on him, or if not, maybe you get eyes on him. But this is the only problem moving forward tomorrow night with that hunt. If I push in where I think I need to be to have a real good chance at him. And if he gets by me, he's probably going to know I'm there when I leave that tomorrow night. So I'm looking at tomorrow. The weather's pretty much the same as today. Same conditions. A little bit more windy. Maybe that will help me. A little bit more wind speed. I think tomorrow night's my last, not, I shouldn't say last chance, but like for opening week, you know, because Come Thursday, conditions change. My daughter barely asked to hunt Thursday, so she gets to hunt. Like that's when when my kids ask to hunt, I'll drop what I'm doing and take them hunting. And then my other daughter, we got homecoming festivities this weekend, so that's going to take up Friday and Saturday, and I probably won't get to hunt again till Sunday. And from Wednesday to Sunday, to me, that's you know a three to four day window where. Whatever the plan is tomorrow, that's going to be a to have to be a totally different plan come Sunday. So, tomorrow, I'm going to go after that buck. I'm going to get off of here, and I'm going to see what buck that was. And see, just see, as I'm going to make my way out there tomorrow, maybe, just maybe, I can cut his track in one of those exit trails leaving the swamp on his way to the destination food source. So, that's the play for tomorrow night. You know, all was not lost tonight. I put eyes on a big deer tonight, and it's October third. It's my second my second hunt of the season. You know, I was I, I won't lie. I was I was feeling a little bit down there tonight because of just the 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 movement was not there. 
and but I also I understood why. You know, we we're talking we're on day three or four of this same consistent weather, the same consistent wind. We need something to break. But as I sit there and say all that, that big deer got on his feet at very last light and and strategically made his way out to that destination food source. So, and a little side note, something happened. I was just telling AB about this after the hunt. I was packing up. I had everything packed up, and I was getting ready to strap the sticks onto my backpack. And at the top of my eyes, I had something caught my attention. And I look up, and here's this buck just standing there. And if I had to guess, he's four, maybe five yards away. And it's dark, though. But I, it's he's so close, but it's so dark, I can't tell what buck it is. And so I, I lift my binoculars up real slow, and he just allows me because it's, it's probably so dark, he's not too sure. And I think he's probably more surprised that he walked up on on me. It happened to be the same seven point that I seen October 1st, and I passed him up. And instantly I was like, e- even him, if I would have hunted where I did opening night, I would have never seen him. And I almost didn't see him tonight, and I, I pushed even further. So maybe me hunting you know, opening night, push those deer a little bit deeper. And even tonight, it may push them a little bit deeper. And so that's why tomorrow night's play for me. I'll push it even a little bit deeper and hopefully, hopefully get eyes on that, that big deer and maybe possibly get an arrow into them. But hey, short and sweet guys, not, not too much of an action packed hunt tonight, but I want to bring you the good, the bad, the ugly, every hunt of mine throughout this entire season. So thanks again for listening, guys. Until next time, I'll catch you over here on the season 23.